Hi there, I'm Sue Alves from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 163. And today I have a couple of stories to share with you about time and trust and letting go. One of those stories is from my book, Radical Unschool Love, and the other story is from an old blog, which is no longer online. Now, I've chosen these stories because it is our son Thomas's birthday on Saturday, and you might know that Thomas died just about 20 years ago. And every year, I like to do something special for Thomas's birthday. Usually I write something or I share an old story. And one of those stories is an old story. And I hope that you enjoy listening to it. But before I begin, I'm hoping that this recording is going to be almost perfect. I had a lot of trouble again last week. Yes, I tried to record this episode last week. I had a different topic that I wanted to talk about, but I sat down here in my closet. I set up my mic, which is my daughter Imogen's mic. I used the same setup as I did for episode 162. And I thought, well, this is going to be easy. I don't even have to do a sound check. I'm using all the same settings as last week. What could go wrong? Well, I started the episode. I said, hi there. I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 163. And then I stopped. I thought I'll listen to it. See what that sounds like. Oh my, I got a shock. There was a man in my podcast. Well, that's what it sounded like. The voice sounded totally not mine. Yes, it was deep and it was very, very slow. It sounded like a man talking very, very slowly. And I have no idea what went wrong. I thought about experimenting with all the settings, but to be honest, I just didn't have the energy for that. Another podcasting problem. I decided to go and do something else. Yes, podcasting sometimes is very frustrating. I think if I got all the settings right and the settings remained the same from week to week, podcasting would be easy. Yes, all I'd have to do is sit down here and start talking to you, have something that I want to talk about. But at the moment, the technical problems are bigger than the problem of thinking about what I'm going to say. Yeah, that's relatively easy. I've got lots of things I'd like to share with you, but I haven't been able to record any of those thoughts and upload them, get them online. But I'm hoping today things will be different. Last week's podcast, I'm not recording the same version, and that's because the day after the failed attempt to record episode 163, I had a look at my podcasting notes and I thought... Perhaps I can make a blog post out of them instead of a podcast. And that's what I did. 
Now, I had quite a lot of fun doing that because I did it in a different way. I had various topics that I wanted to write about, and I decided to put the topics together as a kind of magazine. Now, if you have visited my Unschool Gram pages on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, you will be able to visualize what my blog post looks like. Yes, I did it in little segments and there's links and there's videos. I was rather pleased with how it turned out. I have no idea if anybody enjoyed reading it because nobody has stopped by and left me a comment. But if you would like to know what I would have talked about last week if I could have got my equipment to work properly, then please head over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, and look for the post, How Did a Man Get Into My Podcast? I shall leave a link in the show notes to make it easy to find. But I guess I ought to get on with today's. Well, I haven't actually told you what equipment I'm using today. Well, I'm using the same mic as last time because I think that worked all right. That's Imogen's vocal mic, her singing mic. And I am trying out another program, Adobe Audition. Yes, I've just spent an hour or so watching how-to videos, and I think I've got the basics. Well, I hope I have. Wow, this is turning into a big learning experience, podcasting. I thought I had it all worked out. I mean, I've been doing this for about five years, and all of a sudden, my system has fallen apart. That's probably because my Yeti mic stopped functioning properly, and I changed computers. But hopefully, I'll get back on track. So, for my first story today, it's the story from my book, Radical Unschool Love. And it is in the trust section, and it's called Time and Trust. It's a very simple title. I will read it and then maybe make a comment or two afterwards. It's 6.15am. We're walking down the road to the park. One mother, four girls and two dogs. We're the team. We're going to run through the bush. As I look at my daughters, my heart feels warm. It's good to see the team reunited. I can't remember the last time we all ran together. One by one, my daughters disappeared until it was only Gemma Rose and me, and of course, our dog Nora, who headed out each morning. I run my usual route along the main fire trail, up and down the hills, around the bends, and through the trees. Now and then I pass the daughter, travelling her route, We smile at each other and raise our thumbs in the air. It's like the old days. Yes, it's almost as if we've gone back in time. I feel like I've received a huge unexpected gift. Time moves so quickly. Girls grow. They get busy. They go to work and do other things. And our days change. 
Sometimes I wish I could make life stand still. I want to run through the bush every morning with all my daughters, day after day after day. I want to experience today's joys forever and not move forward. But I know time will march on regardless of my desires. A day disappears and then another. Days form weeks and weeks assemble themselves into months. And then one day... I realize that another year has gone, never to be seen again. I used to worry about time passing so quickly, not because I wanted to keep our running team intact, but for a reason that used to seem important. How was I going to teach my kids everything they needed to know? I only had a limited number of years to do this. And we flew through those years, never accomplishing everything on my must-learn list. These days, I'm still aware of time. However, knowing how fast it can seem to disappear makes me want to spend our days doing all the truly important things with my kids. We don't rush from one thing to another. I'm not cramming knowledge into my children's heads in an anxious kind of way. I refuse to waste a moment battling. Instead, we talk and listen and learn, love and run and enjoy our unschooling days together. I sometimes describe our unschooling days as living in the moment. We soak up the joy of each day and I don't worry. I trust my children are becoming the people they are meant to be. They'll be okay. They'll get where they are meant to go. Knowing that I can't make time stand still, I savour each day, soaking up all the available joys. And because I've extracted all I can, I feel able to let go of each day and move on. Deep down, I know I don't really want to control time. You see, I've discovered that change isn't something we should fear. Instead of fighting it, I try to accept it. I know that life will always be okay, even if it's different. We have to let go of some things so that we can embrace others. There are always delights to enjoy and adventures to follow in every season of life. Our run comes to an end. One mother, four girls and two dogs are hot and tired. But we're happy. We feel satisfied. We've worked hard and exercised our bodies while running through the beautiful Australian bush with the people we love best. I raise my hand and high five girl after girl. Well done, team. I smile. Time for breakfast. Words from another time. Will I get to say them again? For just a moment, my heart skips a beat. The blue sky disappears as clouds appear. And then the sun returns. Haven't I enjoyed every stage of my children's lives? Aren't I enjoying things today that I wasn't experiencing last year? Why shouldn't there be new delights ahead of us? It'll be okay.
All I have to do is trust. Yes, sometimes the the years, they just fly by, don't they? We set off at the beginning of the year. And I know a lot of people have said this to me. We all start with such hope. We've had the long school holidays. We're going to have a wonderful year. And as the months go by, maybe there are problems we battle with our kids. Things don't go as we imagine. And then before we know it, we're into October. And November, December, the year is nearly finished. We say, where did the year go? Once we started unschooling, we didn't go from that big high at the beginning of the year to the low towards the end of it. We didn't start to think, oh my, the year is nearly over and we've hardly accomplished anything. No, we enjoy every day of our year and I trust and I did trust that they would learn all they needed to know during the year. I didn't have to cram things in. I didn't have to get myself into a situation where I was battling with my kids because I was worried. Yes, we live in the moment. I trust that my kids will be okay. We try to extract every moment of joy because the years fly by. And I'm at that point again. I wrote that story for my book only a few months ago. And it was one of the last stories that I wrote. And the run that I had with my girls had only just happened. Yes, so earlier this year, one day, all of us went out for a run together, like the old days. Because most mornings now, my girls go off to work. And if they have time, they choose to go to the gym before work. It's very rare that anyone comes for a run with me anymore. Though Gemma Rose ran with me this morning, which was lovely. But that was the last time that the team got together. We never know when the last time will happen. It's only by looking back that we realize that we experienced something very last time. Unless, of course, we get an unexpected gift, like I did on that particular morning when all my girls appeared for a run. Yes, it was like the old days. So what was I saying? Yes, we're at another turning point, I think. We are moving on again. I have been struggling for the past few weeks trying to decide what I am going to be doing next. I'm finding it very hard to let go of unschooling, even though my youngest daughter is now 15 and all my other children are young adults. I can't tell my children's unschooling stories forever. I'm running out of things to say. Soon I will have to pack up and move on. Yes, we won't be living these days for much longer. I feel rather sad about that. But as I said in that story, we have to let go of one stage in order to receive the joys of the next stage. It's a bit like making room. And I have never been disappointed. I have enjoyed the baby years, the toddler years, the little people years, the teenage years. And now I'm enjoying the young adult years.
Will I enjoy the years past that? My children are moving out of home as well. Sophie and Imogen are talking about renting a house together in town. They're starting to think about putting together some furniture and then starting their own lives. But as they say, we'll see you every Sunday at Mass, Mom, and we're sure to pop back all the time, and we'll invite you to come over to see us, and we're only going to be in town. So if you come into town for the shopping or or whatever, you can pop in and see us. And I'm sure they'll be back for dinner very, very frequently. But that's something else that's ahead of us, and it's not very far ahead of us. I am pondering that at the moment. How will I feel when two of my daughters actually move out of home? Well, I've already got some children that have left, and I did feel sad for a little while. But yes, we get used to everything, and there are new delights from the new stage in life. want to share another letting go story with you and this one as I said in my introduction um, involves my son Thomas who was born and lived for a day and then died and that was really very difficult as you can imagine. I learned a lot about trust during that time. At one point, I thought that I wouldn't survive. I wouldn't survive the grief. It was just so very, very painful. I fell into a pit of near despair. But I did survive. And I can look back and be thankful for the gift of our son. But also at this time of year, I think my body knows that it is only a couple of days until Thomas's birthday. Even when I'm not really thinking about it, my mood changes and then I think, well, what time of year is it? And I look at the calendar and I think, yes, I know why I'm not feeling myself. And it is amazing how pain can come back. We can live with it for most of the year, but just a few days of the year, we can feel that pain again. And we can feel it very deeply. It rushes up out of the place where we have pushed it. And yes, we have to endure it over again. So as I said earlier, I usually do something to mark Thomas's birthday. I haven't written anything this year. I did actually start a post the other day and maybe I will continue it. But for this podcast, I'm going to share one of Thomas's stories with you. This is an old one. Yes, written quite a long time ago. If I look at the picture that's with the post, yes, my girls do look a lot younger. Maybe Gemma Rose is about 10. I'm not entirely sure would make it about five years ago. I will read the story. Letting go of another of Thomas's places. She was getting to be an old lady. You see, she was 26 years old. She did her best and was quite reliable, but she tended to huff and puff every time she came to a hill. And she was hot, uncomfortably hot on a summer's day. One day I said to my husband Andy, 
If we had a vehicle that wasn't quite so ancient, we might be inclined to travel further afield. And if it was air-conditioned, we could go places even in summer. So one Saturday afternoon, we travelled up to Sydney to have a look around a few second-hand car yards. Before too long, we'd found the perfect vehicle. Andy said, let's go home and think about it. But I replied, let's just buy it. He likes to think about things for a while. I like to be decisive. The girls were so excited when they heard we were getting a new car. It's got cup holders and air conditioning. We'll be able to go more places, even when the weather is hot. Will we be able to go to the beach, please? When will Dad pick up the new car? On Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday arrived as the girls and I walked up the driveway on our way to the bush tracks for our early morning run. I said... Take a last look at the van. It won't be here when we get home. We won't see it again. All of a sudden, we felt rather sad. What would happen to our van? Would anyone want such an old vehicle? Or would it end up at the wreckers' yard? It was a great van, wasn't it? I said. Yes, it took us to a lot of places. We had a lot of fun in it. It hardly ever broke down, even though it was old. We stood lost in thought for a moment. No one was smiling. Then I said, when Dad gets home this evening, he'll be driving the new car. We all smiled. Stand by the van and I'll take one last photo, I said, holding out my iPod camera. So the girls lined up and smiled and I clicked a few times. Some memories captured forever. We bought that van a few days before our son Thomas was born. We didn't really need a new vehicle. There were seven of us and our vehicle had seven seats. Even with a new baby soon to be born, we wouldn't need an extra seat because nobody expected Thomas to live after birth. But I insisted we buy a new car anyway. Why? Despite the doctor telling me we had to accept the fact that Thomas would die, I guess I couldn't let go of hope. We might have buckled him into a baby's seat and taken him home. God could have worked a miracle. I needed hope to survive, so we bought a bigger vehicle with one extra seat. Thomas's seat, just in case. And Thomas did travel in that van. For a whole week and a half, we occupied the driver's seat together. Thomas tucked up safely under my heart. But we never buckled him into a baby carrier. He never sat on his very own seat. Thomas was born. He lived a day. And then he died. Several days before we buried our baby, we visited him at our local funeral home. We held him one last time and kissed him goodbye. And for months afterwards, whenever I drove past that funeral home, I couldn't help thinking, Thomas was once in that building. I imagined him as we'd last seen him, dressed in his frothy cream baptismal gown. 
I remembered how he'd felt, his legs escaping my arms like a rag doll's. Then one day, when my eyes turned automatically towards the funeral home as I drove past, I got a shock. The funeral home was no longer there. It had moved to new premises further down the road. A science research centre now occupied the building. I was rather distraught. How could someone have done such a thing? Didn't they know that this was one of his places? The room where we'd last held him was no longer the same. It now had another function. What was standing on the spot where Thomas's coffin had stood? A desk? A printer? A piece of scientific equipment? Another one of Thomas's places disappeared on the day we traded our old van for the newer car. On that Tuesday morning, as we walked towards the bush tracks, I thought about how I could never again think as I drove along. Thomas once travelled in this van with us. Andy came home that evening with a shiny silver seven-seater car. The girls jumped up and down, their faces alight with delight. They climbed in and out of the car. They tried out the cup holders. They buckled up their seatbelts quickly when Andy offered to take them for a ride. So much excitement over a car. Our first big outing in our new vehicle was to the beach, as the kids had hoped. I am sure we smiled the whole way there as Andy drove effortlessly down the steep, windy road towards the coast. And despite it being a very hot day, we remained beautifully cool, an air-conditioned breeze blowing in our faces. The girls spent a wonderful afternoon riding the waves and building a sand mermaid. I just sat on the sand and drank in their happiness. So another of Thomas's places has gone. Something else associated with our baby has disappeared. I could be very sad about this, but I'm not. Sometimes we have to let go of the old so we can receive the new. New adventures and new joys lie ahead of us. Maybe I can arrange another beach holiday for next spring, I say. It's been a few years since we last went away for a proper holiday. Perhaps we could travel all the way up the coast to Smith's Lake again. It would be a very easy journey in the new car. Oh, yes, the girls are bouncing up and down. They remember the magical beach house across from the golden sand where we stayed last time. A new car means new joys and new memories. But we will never forget the old. Thomas's places can disappear, but no one can take away our son. You see, he lives on in our memories. He will always be a part of us. Yes, maybe it's okay to let go. And whatever stage of life we're at, yes, we always have the memories of the past days to take forward with us to the next stage. 
We've also got other things that we take forward because, of course, we keep on changing, don't we? We keep on learning, keep on growing. We are becoming the people that we are meant to be. Yes, so it's Thomas's birthday in two days' time. We're doing something new this year. If you go back to my early podcasts, you will find one about Thomas. It was recorded about this time of year, and I was pondering whether we ought to buy Thomas another bear for his birthday. Yes, we had this tradition where we would buy a bear in his honor for his birthday, and then we would buy one for Christmas as well. We named the bears after saints, and I put little labels on them. And it was our way of including Thomas in the celebration of Christmas and, of course, to remember him on his birthday. I used to set up a little memorial with a bear, a candle, and any cards that people might have sent us, and also a bunch of flowers. And then a few years ago, I got to the point where I thought, should we keep on buying bears? I couldn't find bears that I really liked. And also the bears were taking up a lot of space. Years and years ago, one of my really good friends said to me, Sue, what happens when your house starts to overflow with bears? Perhaps you should have started collecting something a little bit smaller. And I just waved her concern away at the time. I couldn't imagine a house overflowing with bears. I wanted to buy loads and loads of bears. And then one day I realized my friend was right. Bears covered our shelves. There were bears on my bed. Bears everywhere. They were collecting dust, just taking up space. And I didn't know what to do about this because it felt disloyal to stop buying Thomas bears. It was almost like I was saying, I don't want to remember your birthday anymore. I want to not collect bears. You're not worth buying a bear for. Perhaps we should just keep on buying the bears and put up with the inconvenience of them. But I thought maybe I can find a different solution. We thought maybe we could buy little bears Little tiny bears don't take up much space, but tiny bears cost more money than big bears. I soon found that out. And then I thought, well, if I give some of the bears away, I can keep on collecting bears. Yes, well, some bears will go out and we'll bring some more bears into our house. That would keep the bear population at a good level. So I did give away a number of bears. I gave some of Thomas's bears to friends who had also experienced grief. The bears were a sort of link between their lost children and my lost son. So some of Thomas's bears are now in different parts of the world. Yes, I wrapped up a number of them and went down to the post office and posted them out to various people. But I've still got quite a few bears. But this year we're going to do something a little bit different. Although I still might give away some more of Thomas's bears, I don't necessarily have to do that to make room 
for new bears because I'm not going to buy any new bears. Instead, I'm going to buy art prints and put them on the wall. And these will remind me of Thomas. I want to choose Madonna and child paintings. There are some beautiful ones. Now, the connection between Madonna and child paintings and Thomas. Well, I think it was in 2008, I'd written a book about Thomas, a grief book. And that year, we had a book launch. We invited various people to come along to hear some of the stories out of the book, to hear some of Thomas's story, and just to meet us. The book launch was held in a parish hall and some kind lady had found a lot of Madonna and Child prints to decorate the walls. And after the book launch was over, she gave me all those prints to bring home. I framed them all and Andy hung them on the walls of our house. So yes, they decorate our house. We've got quite a few Madonna and Child prints. And I just want to add to that collection. Madonna and Child, it seems such an appropriate topic for a mother and a baby who is no longer here. So I'm waiting for those prints to arrive. I have ordered one for Thomas's birthday and looking ahead, I've also ordered one for Christmas. And I'm smiling as I think about them because I know they're going to look good on the wall and when I look at them, I'm going to think about Thomas. So I wonder if you have lost any children. I wonder if you have any traditions that you do each year in order to honour your child to keep his or her memory alive, especially for younger siblings. Yes, two of my children were born after Thomas died, Sophie and Gemma Rose, and even Charlotte and Imogen, who were very young at the time. None of my last four children remember Thomas. So it's good that we celebrate his birthday every year in a concrete way. And they know they have a brother and that he is an important part of our family. So I guess that's all I want to say today. I'm hoping that this recording will turn out okay and that I will have solved my technical difficulties. If you would like to stop by my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, I would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got something that you would like to comment on, something that I talked about today. Otherwise, just stop by and say hello. You'll find my books, Curious Unschoolers and Radical Unschool Love, on Amazon. They are available as print and Kindle books. Thank you for listening to this episode, episode 163. And until next time, don't forget to trust, respect and love unconditionally. Mm -hmm.